offered in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Two nights and three days in beautiful Orlando, Florida, absolutely free. At least that's what the telemarketer promised you over the phone. But when he thought he had your attention, he then mentioned the conditions. You would be responsible for your own airfare and would have to submit to a two-hour sales presentation to buy a timeshare at their resort. Ah, the fine print. Caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. That's the sobering wisdom of the world in which we live. How many of you have been burned by the fine print, that lingering aftertaste that surprises the palate after swallowing the deal that sounds too good to be true? All of us, right? We've all been ambushed by the hidden cost, the unreported risks, and the exception clauses of contracts. It's enough to make us wary of any offer that sounds too good to be true. If only someone would tell us the truth, right up front, we say. What a refreshing change that would be. We want someone to tell us the upside and the downside in plain language rather than just tell us what we want to hear in order to get us to sign on the dotted line. And then find out the darker side of the deal. We could deal with the tough truth, couldn't we? If someone would just tell us about it early on instead of letting it surprise us later. Well, if all of you feel that way, Do I have good news for you? Our gospel lesson today is taken directly from Jesus' recruiting instructions to his apostles as he sends them into the world to extend his ministry of teaching and healing and reconciliation. Of course, the apostles wanted to be successful in their work. They wanted to please Jesus by bringing many other new converts into the faith. Who could blame them? But Jesus, knowing this, gave very explicit directions about how they should sell the invitation to become a follower of Jesus Christ. He did not want the fine print, fast-talking, or bogus offers to sweeten the deal for would-be apostles. His kingdom would not be founded on sales techniques, performance bonuses, or commissions. Listen again to the very words of Jesus as he describes the way he wanted his disciples to recruit others to their ranks. He said, tell them this. 
Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. How about that for an appealing offer? You can only become a disciple of Jesus if you first clearly value his calling above every other relationship, even our parents or our children or the preservation of our own life. As you might expect, the disciples did not come back after that first recruiting mission with very many new converts. With a sales pitch like that, aren't you glad Jesus doesn't pay on a commission basis? Such a hard approach must have shocked the hearers of the first century, just as it shocks today the healers the hearers of the 21st century. How could Jesus expect anyone to follow him when he demanded such a high level of commitment? Isn't a person's family supposed to be one's first priority in life? And who can overcome the genetic predisposition for self-preservation? Why, denying one's family is austere enough. But to be willing to sacrifice your own life as well? For that is just what taking up one's cross signified to the hearers of the first century. What was Jesus doing here? Just the opposite of our modern day sales techniques. Jesus did not want anyone claiming they had been hoodwinked into the kingdom of God. He did not want his followers to feel surprised and then be ambushed by the fine print in the contract. So different is Jesus from our modern sales-driven models of success that flourish in the church today where new converts pack the pews and higher numbers are counted for success and a goal worthy of any means is accomplished. Jesus is more like the Marines. He would just rather have a few good men and good women than a crowd of fickle followers who wilt at the first sign of trouble or sacrifice. In a word, Jesus wanted to be honest with prospective followers because being a Christian in apostolic times was going to be a very difficult job indeed. And Jesus knew it. You see, the historical truth is that the very same worldly forces that crucified Jesus were going to come after, 
hunt down and kill his followers as well in an attempt to silence the good news of the gospel. And this attempt to stomp out the gospel of Jesus Christ would not endure for just a few months or even a few years or a few centuries. It would last for over 300 years. That would extend through your life and your children's life and your grandchildren's life on through almost 10 generations. Jesus told his followers to establish the church and its message by telling the truth straight up. Was Jesus flippant about family or self-preservation in this shocking language of invitation to Christian discipleship? No, not at all. Actually, it is the highest of compliments that Jesus would select these very relationships, family and self, as the clarifying priority for his calling. He deliberately chose the very highest, the most noble of all priorities in a person's life to help underscore the supreme importance of counting the cost of following Jesus. These are the highest human values, but even those values must come second to the supreme value one must place on their relationship with God if one is to espouse the Christian faith. No one ever accused Jesus of making an easy sell out of the Christian faith. And they should not accuse his church of doing it either. If a person follows Jesus... It is not a life of ease to which that person is called, but it is a life of great impact. It's not a life that leads to the plush office and the corner office with the great retirement benefits. It's not a life that may lead to an uncomfortable cross of sacrifice for others. An emptying of oneself for the world out of great love. And by the way, the retirement package for the followers of Jesus, well, it's truly out of this world. So with all this in your mind, you are invited on this fourth Sunday after Pentecost to examine the sincerity of your own personal commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to recommit yourself to be his follower. No fine print, no signing bonus, no commission, but a very fine and glorious life indeed. The ball is in your court. Jesus is waiting to hear 
from you? What will your answer be? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.